Dear Jessie was the fourth single from Madonna's fourth album, Like a Prayer. Released in only a handful of territories, including UK, Ireland and Australia, its chart success was moderate, though it undoubtedly helped its parent album increase sales in the run-up to Christmas. Indeed, its Yuletide release, along with an obvious musical appeal to the younger audience, resonated strongly with many. Whilst its complex structure, incorporating different tempos and different time signatures, subtle key changes and a highly melodic top line, along with a lyric from Madonna which was far more advanced than that of her previous albums, caused critics to reassess the star's ability as a composer. The single was accompanied by an animated music video directed by Derek Hayes, which mixed real-life footage of a young girl with beautiful hand-drawn images inspired by the song's lyrics. Madonna appeared only in animated form as a Tinkerbell-style character drawn in a similar style to the opening sequence of the Who's That Girl movie. Madonna has never performed the song live, although there is a recording of her singing the song with altered lyrics, for which some question the veracity. So I'll be playing you that shortly, along with the original demo created by co-writer and co-producer Patrick Lennett, and an alternative mix of the song, which will be quite an ear-opener for many of you, I guess. This is the first mini-episode of the series, with a shallower dive into This Much Love song, so, for now, sit back, listen, close your eyes and you'll be there, as we head inside the groove. Dear Jesse, of course, belongs to the phenomenal Like a Pair album, the recording of which is reasonably well documented, and I'll definitely be talking about its process in detail when I cover one or more of those songs in full-length episodes. But far less is known about some of the other tracks on the record. I've managed to pull together a few morsels of information, which, along with the demos and live recordings, offer an insight, but there are so many unanswered questions about this song, and in particular the Like a Prayer album campaign in its second phase. We know that Pepsi's pulling of the sponsorship from Madonna resulted in the planned Like a Pair tour of 1989 just not happening, though its loss turned out to be Blonde Ambition's gain. But I must confess that I don't know a huge amount about Madonna's career decisions in the second half of 89, post Dick Tracy, and how that led to Dear Jessie's limited release. We do know that she released Oh Father as a single in the October in the US, accompanied by a stunning David Fincher shot video. It was also released in Australia, but it was not a major chart success in either territory. So, Oh Father, despite being one of her finest songs, is often regarded as a bit of a flop in relative terms. But it wasn't unheard of to choose different singles for different territories. But it does seem very surprising that most of Europe, including the UK, which was totally besotted by Madonna, would choose not to release Oh Father, given that it already had a promo film. Why? Well, I really don't know. But by this time, I was a huge Madonna fan, and the choice of Dear Jessie was not unusual, as I thought it was a great song. And I guess its animated video probably took some time to create, which is why the single didn't arrive until December. What stands out for this fine song, track 7 on the album, is its arrangement, which many cite as being similar to The Beatles, with its Baroque-style strings, similar to the Fab Four's Eleanor Rigby, plus the nods to Psychedelia, akin to songs like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. However, its arrangement, particularly in its demo form, possibly owes more to the Kate Bush song Cloudbusting from her Hands of Love album. 
The middle section of the song contains a breathtaking transition into waltz time, accompanied by heavy acoustic guitars before reverting back to 4x4 and a stunning trumpet solo. But it's the lyrics that stand out for many, depicting an idyllic childhood, at sharp contrast with the following song on the album, Oh Father. And sandwiched between that song and Promise to Try and Cherish, and along with Keep It Together, Madonna had never been more personal in her storytelling before. According to Patrick Leonard, the song was written on day three of their sessions for the album, and presumably to the same process as the other tracks, whereby he would play chords, which also kind of suggested melody, while Madonna would refine the top line and write a set of lyrics. A year or so ago, Pat posted a short snippet of the original demo, which doesn't include Madonna's vocals. He cuts out just before then. Let's have a listen to it. Madonna's lyrics bring the song to life, and the muse for this particular track was Patrick's young daughter, Jessie, who Madonna was incredibly fond of. Rumour has it that Pat had brought Jessie into the studio on the day that Madonna wrote the song. But she had known the young girl for a short while, and back in 2015, Pat spoke with the Huffington Post about their relationship, which blossomed during the Who's That Girl tour in 1987. He said, We were in London, and it was Madonna's birthday. There was a private party in a club, and all these people wanted to dance with her and hang out with her. And Jessie, my daughter, who was with us about that time, and was around two years old. You can find things in the press that are still out there. Madonna sat her up in the bar and put a half glass champagne in front of her, or a couple of sips or whatever it was, and danced with her pretty much all night. Jessie stood in the middle of the dance floor and spun in her dress. And the next day you saw all these things in all the tabloids, with all the faces of celebrities who wanted to dance with her. And Jessie was there full all night. That was really fun just to see her embrace my daughter and have fun like that. It was really, really special. There are a lot of memories. She's a good girl, Madonna. Madonna is a good girl. Well, bless him. I guess they've made each other very rich. So, what does the grown-up Jessie think of all of this? Pat spoke to Billboard about that. He said, Yeah, they hung out a bit, and she remembers a lot of that, even though she was very little. It wasn't arbitrary. It was like they were kind of buddies. Jessie was on tour with us, and she was just a baby. We have a lot of photos of them together in the studio. My daughter is 28 now, and she's actually working for me as a songwriter, and she's just the most amazing human being. I think that Jessie feels like it's an interesting thing that she has out there, but I don't think she considers it her legacy. Every once in a while, someone comes up. Somebody will send us something or say, you're the Jessie, and she thinks it's funny. It's sweet, it's really sweet of Madonna to do that. Like the demo, the song was constructed with a full drum track. In fact, a live kit to match the rest of the album. And one of the standout sounds to the Like A Pair album is that pretty much all of the tracks feature live, real drums, and yet a synthesized bass, giving it quite a unique feel, though sort of exploring the sound the pair created with Open Your Heart a few years earlier. 
Now, a few years ago, an instrumental mix of Dear Jesse surfaced, and there are instrumentals of almost all Madonna songs floating around on the ether, and this was quite different to what we're familiar with. Largely, that's because of those live drums, but it's actually an altogether different balance of instruments too. The strings in particular are less uh, prominent. Let's take a listen to that. I've come across a vocal version of this, but it's fan-made. They've taken the familiar mix of THSC, filtered it, and then added vocals to this alternative instrumental. It gives you a good idea of how the song may have sounded, but it's not the actual version. But the important question, of course, is why Madonna and Patrick decided to leave the drums out of the final version. Well, we don't know, of course, but my guess is to give the song a unique identity, which it certainly has. Let's face it, the alternative version we're listening to now is more of a regular pop song and not dissimilar to other tracks on the album, in particular Till Death Do Us Part. I do wonder if perhaps this version would have been a better single mix or radio version, and we can only speculate as to why that didn't happen. It's on the list of questions I have. Should Pat or even Madonna ever be interviewed for this podcast? You never know. Now, Madonna has barely mentioned the song, and it's never been performed on any of her tours, but there is a curiosity which began circulating on the net in the late 90s. A live performance where she changes the title of the song from Jessie to her own daughter, Lourdes. Have a listen. Where does it come from? Well, some people reckon it's fake and not Madonna at all. I'm sure that's not true. It's one thing to do a perfect impression of Madonna's voice, but it even has the slightly off-key feel that she sometimes has to her live recordings. But this backing track used is different to the final version. Have a listen again and you can hear a pre-recorded R vocal in the verses. That's a background vocal that never made it onto the final mix. And Madonna requested an instrumental for a performance and this element was left in it. And what was it done for? Now, some have speculated that it was from a TV performance on the Rosie O'Donnell show shortly after Lola was born and that was rehearsed but ultimately never used. I'd love to know more, so please let me know if you've got any information. Dear Jessie is such a great song and whatever version, it's really stood the test of time. We may never know why the drums were taken out, but music has a rich history of such things happening. Prince famously erased the bass line from his song When Doves Cry, leaving it with a unique quality, sort of full of anticipation. And that song, in my opinion, inspired Kate Bush's hit Running Up That Hill, which has a similar feel. And, of course, that may have led to her song Cloud Busting, which in turn led to Dear Jessie. It's all circular. Well, it's fun to think about these things even if we never finally get the answer. So, that's it for my mini-episode. Let me know what you think of this format, if it works, etc. But I will be back with a regular full episode soon. 
And the song I'll be covering, well, staying on a theme I guess, it will be the 1994 song Bedtime Story. Until then, take care, and remember, it's a holiday inside your love parade.